0: going to out the gate give you a gardening illustration i'm going to try to give you a car illustration right so things like that so ask a questions give uh, thought-provoking illustrations or potentially test commitments and what i mean by that is you have jesus talking to the rich young ruler and he says hey it would be really great if i could follow you and jesus said okay sell all that you have and then come follow me. Because Jesus identifies supernaturally in a way that would take us some time to establish that the sticking point for him was his wealth. That was his obstacle to following Jesus the way that he was supposed to. And so sometimes if we can get at those points, those tests of commitments, those provide an opportunity to see um, where someone's at, uh, you know sometimes someone will say well this this is my belief you know I'm this religion and then you probe with more questions and you realize they're not really all that committed to that religion that's just kind of their default answer because it's what they grew up with or something along those lines so we talked about some different scenarios with those things so to this week what I want to do is look at two more ideas and the next one we want to look at is keep the conversation going keep the conversation going. With this, my uh, thought would be that sometimes we give up too easily. Now, um, stubbornness is not always a good thing. There's times when I should have gone to bed and not kept trying to fix the plumbing or whatever else it was because it wasn't going well and all the stores were closed and all those sorts of things. Should have just capped off the pipe and tried again the next day, right? Um, So there's moments like that when stubbornness is not a virtue. But when it comes to having conversations with people... I think we see that stubbornness can actually be a good thing. So here would be the example. If you ask someone a question and they have no response, try again. If you ask someone a couple more questions, it doesn't feel like the conversation is going anywhere. Keep trying. Because in my experience, if you can get the conversation somewhere between 10 and 20 questions, almost always you can get the person to hit on a topic that they will talk to you for hours about. And that, while it may not be the most important thing about that person, is usually an opportunity to build uh, an ongoing relationship with that person. so if that person's thing is bikes, if it's tools, if it's shopping if it's, it's whatever, you know the goal is not to stay at that one thing, but if you can get someone to open up about that, they're more likely to open up about other things and we're not trying to manipulate people or not any of that just um, Working through some of those things. Um, both of these two points that keep the conversation going uh, is especially applicable if it's someone you're going to have ongoing contact with, like a co-worker or a neighbor. Uh, but it can also be relevant in short, brief, uh, potentially once, a, once you only meet this person once kind of conversations. Consider Jesus' example in Mark 8. He's talking to the disciples, a group with whom he would have been very familiar and they with him. And he says to them, who do people say that I am? And they say, well, some say that you're one of the prophets. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you are... uh, What's the third one? Yeah, basically the idea is all these answers, right? But Jesus doesn't stop there. He follows up and he says, who do you say that I am, right? Right? And sometimes in conversations that we have with people, we don't take that next step. We're like, people believe that there's a God. Would you agree? Yeah. Do you believe that there's a God? Right? There's a difference between those two questions. That's the point that I'm trying to make. So here would be a practical application of this idea of keeping the conversation going. Make it a goal to try to ask one more question than you normally would. Make it a goal to try to ask one more question than you normally would. Paul, oh, you're thinking something, what are you thinking? Okay, all right, all right. Um, so let me illustrate this for you a couple of different ways. Um, let's see, who could we have to come up? Brayden, how about you come up? All right, you are going to be me and I'm gonna be the guy at the cash register at Home Depot, okay? And you're going to be buying something for the church. I don't know, paintbrushes or whatever it is. So pretend that you've just given me the church credit card. And I look at it and I say, oh, oh nice. You go to a Baptist church. What do you say? Yeah, I go to Hebrews. It's at the coffee shop down the road. Do you have another question for me? Are we going to say anything further?
1: I often do go there.
0: I don't really feel like that's any of your business. Why do you want to know that? Are you trying to judge me? Christians aren't supposed to judge people. Do you have any further response? (laughs) No. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I turned a little aggressive in that exchange, but he came up with a good question. If the guy is asking about my church, there's a possibility that he has at least been to a church. So a reasonable follow-up question is, hey, do you go to church somewhere, right? It doesn't have to go the direction that, that we took it, right? That was, uh, not, but there's other things to think about, right? What are some other things to think about if you're in the middle of a conversation like that? You're in the checkout line. What are some things to think about? For you, for him, for how the conversation's going to go. Devin? Okay, you can invite him to church. Okay, what else? Okay, yeah. So going back to that point about observing. Um, what else? What are some other factors to think about in this kind of a scenario? You're talking with somebody. Yes, Grace. Yeah, now in this instance, I'm standing there and we're talking for a minute because there's nobody behind me. But then someone walks up and I know I've got to wrap it up, right? So all I really got into, got into was, um, oh, you go to a Baptist church. That's nice. Yeah, Oh, do you are you familiar with Baptist church? Do you go to one? I said something along those lines. He said, yeah, I go to such and such one. And then... I think it sort of wrapped up with, have a nice day. So you don't know about those conversations. Sometimes they can be two minutes, sometimes they could be like five or 10 minutes, right? But probably not in a retail setting, but sometimes they can be longer than you would expect, right? Um, so in that kind of a scenario, my goal is not to ask him the 20 questions, right? My goal is to not let the conversation die because ju- he'd just be like, oh, that's great. And I could be like, yeah, and then leave it, right? Because that's sometimes what we do, right? Because I don't know what to say next. And you did a good job coming up with a question, right? And you know, when I pushed you on it after, then sometimes that's how people are going to be, and you don't know what to say. You could, what could you, what could he have said in that scenario if I got aggressive toward him? I, I would have probably responded like, it was a serious question." Okay, sure, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not trying to get after you. I just was. I was just curious. Like, cause some people you could say some people, not you, but some people only go to church a few times a year. So, um, I was just curious. You know, something like that. Yeah. Like Paul said, what other, what other some things that could have responded in that specific exchange, or a similar one. Devin. Yeah, you could potentially go after the fact that he's misusing the verse. You could be like, hey, I'm not trying to judge you for you going or not going to church, by the way. Again, if we have a brief moment, exegeting the you shall not judge passage is a tricky one in like 30 seconds, right? So, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, sometimes it's worth a shot. Okay, fair point. Anything else that we should think about of that kind of an encounter? Oh, I got a Yeah.
2: Yeah. in in between that kind of church section of conversation how would you would we inject it do you still go to that church how far would I take that as far as this question is
0: concerned that's an interesting question so how far would you go with uh, I go to church you go to church do we just leave it there or kind of where do we go from there James
2: are you in that church
0: Yeah, so instead of saying and and again, Braden, it wasn't a bad thought but if you say how often, maybe another way of getting at the same thing is, hey, what are you guys going through at your church? Because if he's like, I don't know. That's going to tell me pretty quickly that he hasn't been for a while or doesn't pay attention, right? James, what were you going to say? I
3: was going to say, you you were going to say the question that you about talking about was that does the church you were currently going to meet your needs? Okay. Okay. we have already established
0: yeah. Not, what might be a negative reaction if I ask that? I'm not saying it's a bad question. What might a negative reaction be? Well, well maybe. Right. But 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 if you're asking the question, does it meet your needs, you might be a bit well he thinks it doesn't. Why is he asking that? And some people are gonna think that and other people are gonna just be like, uh, right? So I'm not saying it's bad, Paul. Yeah. <coughs> Well, there is actually a church called Hebrews that I've driven by before. I can't remember where it's at. uh, Is it actually a church? Yeah. Or like in the way that like motorcyclists will say, "I go to church," and by that they mean they rode their bike around on a sunny day and went to a meeting of their. Church. Well, sure. Um, Yeah. Rob, will you say something? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So lots of good thoughts from this, things to things to consider. All right, let's go on to the next one. Um, the next scenario I had was, so I was at a native plant sale, and these are just ones that I've experienced. You can like them or hate them. They're just things that I've experienced, so that's why I'm using them. Um, talking with someone at a native plant sale, either as someone who's coming to buy plants or as someone who's working and here's a fellow volunteer right it could go either of those two directions so let's see um i don't know evan can we pick on you for a minute actually hang on hang on we need a girl if it's going to be a lady at the native plant sale we can't have a guy (laughs) who can we who can we pick karen do you want to come up would that be okay All right, sounds good. <laughs> I'm going to ask you to play a really hard role. I'm going to ask you to be like um, really progressive and modern in your outlook on life and, um, and have some of those kind of responses. So I come up to you and let's say you're working at the table and you're trying to give me um, some... Uh, some literature about native plants. So I've just gotten it, so my first response is gonna be, um, you know what, I'm not really familiar with all these sorts of things, I was just kinda curious, but um, sure, I'll take this, this flyer that you're handing to me. Um, so what might you say to me then?
1: Um,
3: first of all, you have to tell me, what's a native plant?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll start with that. Um, let's, go, let's, go, let's go the other way then. Let's pretend that you're, um, I'm trying to think, the best way to do this. Um, So a native plant would be like um, a sunflower that grows in Michigan.
1: Oh, so something that grows locally. Something that grows locally.
0: Like this could be like a farmer's market, a city hall, like a little table set up. outside. So that kind of a scenario. So um, I've come, I'm just kind of curious about all these sorts of things, but I'm trying to connect with you. So I've taken your flyer that says, why should we plant native plants everywhere? Because uh, it is preventing the spread of the box tree moth, which is apparently the latest thing that got imported from overseas and is killing all the boxwoods. So I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty scary. Um, um, why, and, and I, I might say, so, so why are you so concerned about um, invasive plants coming into the United States?
1: Oh, because we don't want them to take over the areas for our, our beautiful indigenous foliage.
0: Okay. Um, what what could be something that I would say next that would kind of like start to turn the? Why why are you very concerned about our 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 native foliage or the ecosystem here? Like as long as it all just sort of survives, why can't the plants all get along?
1: Well, you know. In the past, when we've invited other plants or other species to come in and find and take root and they start
3: crowding out all these beautiful um, native plants that,
1: um, that belong here, that we don't want to lose them.
0: Can I tell you about a story that Jesus told that reminds me about exactly what you're talking about?
3: Did he, did he work with plants?
0: Well, there's this fascinating story where he talks about a guy going and planting seeds and then all these other plants come in and like squeeze the, the good plants out. It kind of reminds me of what you're talking about here that, you know, here's the ones that were here and then these other ones come in and they just sort of take over. And that can happen sometimes when we hear the truth was the point that Jesus was making, I think. And he was a carpenter, but I mean, he was out and about and saw plants and crops and all of those sorts of things. And so... I guess the question would be, do you, do you feel like you ever hear something that makes you stop and think about it, but then all these other things rush in and kind of you know, keep you from thinking about it more?
1: I don't know, i never thought about it that way.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to uh, pry or frustrate you or anything like that, but, but could I leave something with you that kind of talks more about what I've been talking about? And You know, if you ever want to talk about it again, I'd be happy to, would that be okay if I left that with you?
1: Oh, sort of like I gave you a pamphlet, and now you want to give me a pamphlet?
0: Sure, if you want to look at it that way. Is that okay?
3: I think I have a few minutes on my break.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you, Karen. Yep. All right. Now, that was a jump. And, and my guess is a lot of instances somebody would say no. But my point is you can take something kind of off the wall and tie it back into the Bible. And sometimes it's going to be a stretch and you're going to kind of be left hanging and you may fall into the the ditch or whatever. But sometimes the other person will be like, the fact that you are willing to make the effort, they're like, all right, I'll give you two minutes, right? This is not a perfect example, but my point is I was grasping at straws or seeds or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I was just trying to Connect with her, right? And it's not easy a lot of times, right? It wasn't easy for her because she didn't know who she was supposed to be. It wasn't easy for me because making the leap from here's this pamphlet about how invasive plants are crowding out plants in Michigan to something from the Bible is, that's a jump, right? Any thoughts on that exchange? Devin? My first thought was relating it back to creation. Okay. Yeah. So creation is definitely another angle that would be helpful. Okay. What else? The reason I picked the one that I did was because I felt like a parallel example of one plant choking on another plant might get the foot in the door. Whereas if I go creation versus evolution, some people are like, well, obviously you're an idiot. Why am I talking to you? You probably voted for Trump and like all these other sorts of things. And like, that's how a lot of people think. And I'm not saying... We're not getting at all that. My point is just to say, that's the response that some people have. There's sort of these trigger ideas that sort of just all go together in their minds. Yes?
2: Another approach would have been to say, another example of an evasive
0: thing is when Israel was going into the promised land and the human were there and they kill everybody. Okay. <laughs> that's <so much> a <laughs> That would be a bold move, but a possible one. Yes. All right. If she, she would. <laughs> Even if she hated the exchange, it would be very memorable. What else? What else? What are some other things, good, bad, or so forth, about what we just just did? Yeah. 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 What if you asked a question about, like, so how do hurricanes fit into that? Is Mother Nature angry when that happens? And they might very well be like, oh, well, global warming and all our fault. And so, yes, like the, you know, the scene in Moana where it's like the fiery monster or whatever kind of thing. But.
2: Sure.
0: That's a great point. Yeah. What's yours? Sure. Sure. And probably they'd say something like, I'll just feel it to be that way, or who knows, right? But at least you get at what they're believing. And that's a good point, going the direction of trying to draw out what they're believing. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, so your source of truth or your belief system, they're kind of, yeah. Good. All right, let's move on from that and get into the other point. So that point was keep the conversation going, all right? Here's the next one, and this is a tricky one, I feel like it's move from conversation to conversion. Move from conversation to conversion. Somebody else has probably said it that way. I'm not trying to plagiarize it, just what came to mind this afternoon. Have you ever struggled to know when to stop talking about everyday things and start talking about Jesus? Sometimes we're afraid to talk about Jesus too soon because the person won't be interested in friendship. Sometimes we wait so long to talk about Jesus that the importance of following him seems fairly minimal. Finding the right balance takes wisdom, so we should pray to God for that wisdom. My recommendation is to include truth about God from the beginning, like little snippets. Here's something true about God, here's, here's sin, here's, you know, things like that. But you don't have to feel pressured to include every detail from the Bible in the first conversation or in every conversation. The first time I ever preached a sermon, I think I had 40 scripture passages that I read through. Because I felt like I'm making this really important point, And this is the only time they're ever going to hear me. And if I don't make this point now, they're never going to hear it again. I was, I think, 14 at the time. So obviously it's easy to think that this is my one shot at glory. And all these people who have lived however much longer than me, they've never heard all this before. And so this is my one chance to enlighten them. I'm not criticizing you if you're 14. I'm just saying it's an easy attitude to have then, right? Sometimes we still have it when we're in our 20s and 30s. You know, I know all this more than... Somebody who's 80, right? Um, We have that approach to evangelism. I've got to get in everything the Bible says. And sometimes you just got to hit a few key points. Uh, Consider Paul's conversation with the Gentiles at Athens in Acts 17. I'm just going to point that out for you because I was looking at it earlier today. It struck me when I was looking at this that Paul stands in... um, uh, Paul... Is waiting at Athens, observes the idols, so there's the observing part. So then he reasons in the synagogue with Jews and God fearing Gentiles, and in the marketplace every day with those who happen to be present. He's going back to the same places, he's having conversations over and over. There's a response. Some were talking to him, some said, What does this babbler want to say? others said he's proclaiming strange deities. They took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is? So this has been going on long enough that it's gathered some momentum. And now they're taking him to their official place of discussing philosophies and new ideas. And then he gives the sermon that we're familiar with in Acts 17 about the unknown God and all those sorts of things. My point is this. If you have successive conversations with the same person or same group of people, that can lead to further opportunities. And if that's your mindset, particularly with people, that in a reasonable scenario you're going to see over and over again... You sort of, instead of looking at it as, I'm going to get it all out in one go, you're like, I'm going to take the next step. This time I'm going to say this, 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 this time I'm going to say this. And over the course of weeks or months, or days, depending on what it is, if it's like the place you buy your coffee every day, if you do that, then maybe it happens faster. If it's where you, I don't know, buy your pet food then that might only be every few months right so your odds go down of seeing the same person Um, some conversations that you have are one-offs but some continue and we're really talking about these continuing conversations all right so let's talk first about about your neighbor Um, instead of playing this out let's just sort of think about some of the parameters uh, and talk through them a little bit how often do you go see your neighbor Possibly every day. say? Daily weekly. daily, weekly. Depends on if it's winter, right? Because if it's winter, you might not see him till spring, right? Uh, unless he's an outdoorsy kind of person. What What are some other uh, things to think about with that, Devin? Okay. Okay. All right. So some people very much don't want to engage in conversation, or at least look at you. Okay. What else? How long do your conversations tend to be with your neighbor? This is going to vary from person to person, but if you were saying, here's how long my conversation is with, your, with my neighbor, what would you say? Not very long. Not very long. So five minutes or less? Yeah. How many of you would say five minutes or less? Depends on the topic. Okay, that's a fair point. Depends yeah. on the neighbor. Depends on the neighbor, right? So let's say you have a specific neighbor in mind, and this neighbor, your conversations are usually five minutes, and this neighbor, your conversation are like a half hour. Your approach is going to be a little bit different, right? Because in a half hour, you have a lot more opportunity to sort of weave the conversation together. In five minutes, you've got to get more directly to a point, not all the points, but a point if you're going to try to get something across. Um, So, how can you then connect with your neighbor? If you think about how often you see them and how long the conversations tend to be, what are some potential ways to connect with that person? Like, how can you make that, how can you increase your opportunities to encounter that person. The, uh, yeah, Evan. Okay. Invite them over. Okay, good. Bring them food. What else? Could be really simple things like I know roughly when my neighbor is mowing and if I happen to be out there mowing at the same time, then I can go faster or slower so that we finish up about the same time and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, this is me booking it around the yard. Well, The old mower I've been mowing with, it's easy because it goes slow anyway, so it's, I'm not dragging it out on purpose, it's just how it is, no. Um, or, like, let's say you get done with the mowing, but he's still mowing and you want to have a conversation, so I i wanted to do that. Other, It wasn't really a witnessing conversation, it was just more a, hey, does it bug you that I'm letting the grass grow up in this part when you've got, like, this neatly mowed thing around the tree? Because I'm trying to stay on good terms with them. I'm like, I know it's my yard and whatever, but I'm also trying to know work through that. Um, So I guess what I'm saying with that is um, I got done with the mowing so I did some weeding for a little while that needed to be done. So I guess the point I'm trying to say with that is if you're trying to connect with people you have to actually be out and about and not always hidden away in your house which if you work from home or you're really busy working on projects is really easy to do right. So even if it's just I'm gonna walk to the mailbox at the same time every day and I'm gonna time it roughly the time everybody else is walking the mailbox, you increase your opportunities to talk with somebody, right? Any other thoughts on that? I'm just trying to point out some things to think about, which you probably thought about, but Paul. So,
2: as you get to talk to your neighbors, you find out
0: their interests and you find Yeah, yeah, so as, as, as you sort of collaborate, so my neighbor's interested in hunting, so I'm like, Hey, were you trying to get a deer this year or turkey or you know whatever, right? What else? You were saying something, Bruce.
2: Yeah, building trust in the conversation. Okay. In a period of time that
0: helps. Yeah. And if we're overly focused on I got to say this one thing or or here's my agenda, I think people tend to pick up on that. And so sometimes something you have a good opportunity to say something about God, and other times it doesn't really seem like it's there. And to the extent that it's one of those recurring conversations, we've got to kind of balance in our minds the fact that that person can drive to work tomorrow and die in a car accident with the fact that barring something unexpected like that, we're probably going to keep seeing them day after day. And so if the opportunity doesn't seem to be there, we're trying to balance the forcing it versus the God's sovereignty versus our responsibility to share the gospel. All those things, I think, kind of factor into how we think about it. Evan? Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story about that. The uh Amazon delivery driver, I looked out, we were about to sit down for supper and I looked out and she's petting the cat on the doorstep. So I went out and I was like, "Hey, she seems to like some like, you know, whatever we say in those kind of scenarios." She's like, "Yeah, I've two of them at home and Anyways, I know they're on a schedule, so I wasn't trying to hold her up. So I was like, hey, you know, we got church tonight. Is there anything I can pray for you about? And so she's like, ah, like she couldn't think of something. And she said, patience. So I put it in the prayer sheet. But uh, my point is just to say, you know, the pet thing. You can connect with people, right? Because usually if they like your pets, it's because they have pets or like animals or whatever else. Something along those lines, okay? Um, Moving on for sake of time. Just think about how you can connect with your neighbors you can take big steps like having them over for dinner but sometimes the lead up for that is smaller steps like just regularly talking to them in the yard when you see them or whatever, right? Yeah, and and do it genuinely not because you've got this agenda that I'm going to get you saved I'm going to get you to church I'm going to get you to heaven, right? <laughs> so,
2: uh, God a yeah, well?
0: <coughs> okay. Sure. Right, And, you know, this can go interesting directions. Like, if you are lazy in the way that you keep your house and let trash blow around everywhere, that's probably not going to help. Do you have to mow four times a week if he's retired and you're not? Probably not because he's not going to be able to keep up with that. But just something, you know, like to the extent that... Sure. Yeah. So my neighbor across the street, Dave. I've uh, I've gone over like there was a, some limbs down after a tree storm. I'm like, hey, do you want help with that? And He's like, no, I got it. I'm like, you sure? I could drag him over. No, no, no. I'm gonna cut him up first. Okay, fine. But I can tell he appreciated that I came over, right? Even though if he's like, I'm gonna do this myself. That, that's fine. But at least like go through the ditch, walk across the road, go through the other ditch, go say, hey, can I help you out, right? And some days you're like, well, but I, I've got all these things waiting for me in the house. I don't have time to do that. Sometimes taking those moments of effort leads to other opportunities down the road. So, um, I think I told you guys this. I was joking that my approach to evangelism was to buy broken down yard equipment, and try to start at my yard, and then everybody feels sorry for it and tries to come over and be like, hey, what's going on with that? <laughs> I don't recommend that because 50 bucks a pop gets expensive for power washers, so just buy an electric one and it's a lot easier. That's a separate issue. Um, co-workers, Coworkers. Okay? Coworkers are a little different than neighbors. right? You might see them more than your neighbors. You might see them less than your neighbors. Or you might see them more than your neighbors but have less opportunity to talk to them. Um, so how often will you see that person? That depends on a lot of things. If it's the person working next to you in a cubicle at a desk which I know a lot of offices have moved away from that or at a counter or wherever right you might see that person every day but be so busy you don't have much of a chance to talk. What other obstacles do you run into trying to talk to somebody at work? Freedom? They're working. They're supposed to be working right? You don't want to be the one that's encouraging people to be lazy because that's not good. But You're also supposed to be working. That is a fair point. Okay. Yeah, so you're supposed to be working there, supposed to be working, but there are breaks, right? It's like breaks, or lunch. breaks, lunch, whatever. Like, or when you're getting there, when you're leaving. If you happen to arrive at the same time, leave at the same time. Okay, so there's there's connection points, but they're different. They tend to be briefer. Um, I've been encouraged because there's different people that I've talked to in the last few months who have been, you know, I'm going to start a Bible study at my work, and you know, that's a lot to take on sometimes. But if you can get that going, that can be a really good thing. But usually, you have to build up to that a little bit, and it's helpful if there's another Christian where you work, if you're going to do something like that. But um, And another Christian doesn't have to be another person from this church. Like It could literally be a Christian who believes the gospel, even if you're not on the same page about a lot of other things, right? Uh, because you at least have a, an ally in trying to point people to Jesus. Um, so there's lots of obstacles connected with work, but there's lots of opportunities, too, because... There's regular patterns. Somebody gets up and takes their bathroom break, goes and gets a drink of coffee, whatever. Those things tend to follow rhythmic patterns. If you can, without being weird about it, like show up at the... Yeah, not so much like, hey, buddy. Yeah, you know, don't be knocking on the stall next to you. Hey, I know you're in there, Joe. That's weird. Don't do that. Um, But you can... You can like show up and get coffee, refill, there are, but you can show up and fill your coffee cup at the same time every day or whatever else. Like there's ways to connect with people, right? Um, if you have a business that's a service kind of business, you might have regular customers that show up, right? Uh, so, you know, again, kind of like with the neighbor scenario, you're just getting little snippets of conversation in and every time, okay? Um, if you say, I don't have neighbors who are nearby or friendly or whatever, and I don't really have coworkers because I'm at home, I'm retired, or I'm a mom, or I'm a kid, or whatever. Yeah. I'm not saying you're a mom or a kid, Bruce. I'm not sure what you're getting at. Here's their third scenario. People that we encounter at Kroger, Tractor Supply Company, Coney Island, the Amazon delivery driver, a PT worker, a nurse like people that we're going to see regularly, potentially, but not, they're not guaranteed to see them. Okay? So lots of recurrence is possible, but not always. It doesn't always happen, right? If you go at the same time, for example, to the same location, Usually these will be really short conversations, like if you're in the checkout line, they're trying to focus and get everything scanned, and um, you know you may not... Sometimes just smiling at the person that's managing all the robotic kiosks that everybody runs themselves, they stand there feeling like they have nothing to do, and they don't necessarily always want to be there, and usually people only talk to them if they're mad at them. If you just smile at them and greet them, sometimes that can be a huge difference from what they've experienced all day long. Norma? Yeah. And Yeah. Yeah. So and then I said, and you I
1: have a so nice, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, after you know, I'll put you in a bun now. Hey, you see? Yeah.
0: Don't be mad. You have to do it now. Yeah. So, like walking over there and like, saying, No, say, Hey, you're right. Yeah. Say, so Do it now, and we'll make it will make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and, and in those moments, we have to figure out is this someone I'm likely to ever see again? And if you have the sense that no, sometimes you just say, You know what? It does not matter in other words your neighbor your coworker people you're going to see regularly sometimes that's harder because we feel like there's going to be a detriment to the like the relationship could fall apart if we do blame right the person that you're unlikely to ever see again we don't have to necessarily be worried about that generally cuz god is working but it is something to factor in but that person that you might only see once i mean you got a really brief snippet you know Um, Sometimes something that will get people to open up is, and, you know, different people do this. It's not original to Bob. He's done it a bunch, and I appreciate it. Um, If you ask someone, hey, can I pray for you today? Um, You'll get a good idea really quickly of what their attitude is toward religion in general. You'll get a good idea of whether they're serious about life. Because I've had people uh, on rare occasions be like, no, and I'm offended that you asked that. And, and, um, like, like. Like, I, the girl, the waitress I asked, I was pretty sure that was going to be her response just based on her appearance and the way she presented herself and all those sorts of things, but you never know, right? Because it's easy to assume things. Um, I've had people say, oh, well, we should pray for world peace, which is, I mean, I guess we should in some respects, but that's a very, like, that's about as far from a personal answer as you can get, short of not answering at all. Um there's questions like that that are sort of easy to sort of get in the door because even if people don't believe in prayer as in them praying to God people have this weird attachment to having other people pray for them about their problems so sometimes they'll talk to you about them right what are other questions you found sort of help in those sort of recurring yeah not that I-
3: or whatever it is, and then would really you like me to pray about that with you and if possible, do it there a uh,
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. And I've
3: had some people say, I mean, that was important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's always, yes, I can take them to pray for you later. Right.
0: But
3: if you establish the three, sections, the three questions or to get into the conversation, yeah.
0: Yeah, doing it right then is a good point. I'd also say potentially write it down because then if you keep track of it to some degree, if you see that person again, you're more likely to remember what it is they asked for. You'd be like, hey, how's this going? And it would be great if you heard about it, added it to your prayer list, and then prayed for that until the next time you see that person. If it's two months apart, that might be hard. But if you at least remember what it was and ask about it, then they know that you cared enough to remember the thing about them. And a lot of people just don't take the time to care or remember anything about anybody else, and so that can go a long way. Corey. Yeah. which is a religion in and of itself, but keep going. But here's the thing. Even though that one wasn't successful from a human perspective, if nothing else, you made the attempt and you, you could always look at it as practice for other conversations. Like there's, I don't think any of these attempts, unless we're just saying things that are completely off the wall and blasphemous or whatever else, are, are failures from the perspective of God using them in the course of our lives or even the course of someone else's life, right? So maybe he remembers you in that way, like, man, she just, and maybe you run into him again a year down the road, and be like, hey, you know, how's retirement, you know? Maybe, maybe not, you don't know, right? And at very least, you're like, okay, there are, here's another category of people, right? So we have in our mind different profiles of people, right? We have the person who is uh, really into, like, their kid's school, right? You have the person who's really into local politics. Here's the guy who's really into doing whatever he feels like in his retirement, right? It helps you build, and we're going to do this not next week but the following two weeks with religions. Here's maybe a key question or some key questions to ask people from different religious backgrounds. But sometimes it's also, I think, building a concept of what different types of people are like, right? Not even so much personalities, although that factors into it, but just like, what's their thing, right? Some people, it's like sports. I'm into sports, and that's everything to me, right? Um, And competition, and whatever else, right? Uh, I think I probably told you guys this story, but in one of those kinds of examples, there was a guy who was a biker, and he wrecked his motorcycle and just, like, snapped his neck, killed him right away. Somehow my grandpa ended up being asked to do his funeral. And he knew this guy liked to race his bike. He knew that this guy was really into riding. He knew that this guy had a bunch of unsafe friends that were there at the funeral. So my grandpa got up, and he opens with, you know, Johnny was a great guy, but there was one race he couldn't win. (laughs) That was a great thing to say. Now, I don't know what the rest of the sermon was like, because I think it was long before I was born, but my point is to say, Sometimes in those moments, if you can know your audience, you can, by God's grace, come up with one of those attention-grabbing statements, and there are moments when you could not get away with saying that any other moment, but in that moment, and I've seen those moments in like hospital waiting rooms and places like that, there are things that you could say to people in those moments and just be really honest, that usually the walls are up and, and whatever, and so Is what the toughest place? The
2: hospital.
0: I don't know. That's uh, one of the harder ones. I think humans. Yeah, I think it's one of the harder ones for me because there's so many moments, at least in the experience that Kelly and I had, of exasperation of how badly everything was going, but still trying to maintain opportunities to talk to people and have a good testimony. And sometimes it felt like those two things were impossible to hold at the same time. But, yeah. All right, so any other thoughts as we wrap up?
1: Yeah. And it triggers something that was sad in this case what she was saying. Like, what do you say, what do you think about sin or do you think you're a sinner? And it's like, you know, he may have just struck that out. But yeah, you don't know what he's going to be thinking about that night or the next day or some other scenario. Sure. Provided he's there
0: to think about it. Yeah, along those lines, let me just give you an illustration. You ever been around a two-year-old riding one of those things that they, like, ride around on? You know what I'm talking about? Like a little... For me, when I was a little kid, it was the car, the red car with the yellow roof. You know what I'm talking about? Like you pedal it. Okay. With little doors. Yeah. It looked like a... Whatever. You know, I think you know what I'm talking about. Little kids, when they're in those things, here's their approach. They go forward and they hit something and they, and, they and they back up and they try again and they back up and they try again and they back up and they try again. It could be your shin like 20 times, right? Don't look at it as a defeat. Look at it as I'm still working toward the goal and have the persistence of the little kid trying to run your foot over with the little trike, right? Okay? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. but we tend to get to that point the more that we practice it to be ready to say that or the other way that we get to that point is I don't know if I would say desperation but going back to the hospital room scenario you're in a place where there's lots of people dying and they know that, and it's inescapable. And so you can sort of skip past that everything's going to be fine, because you know it's probably not going to be, right? You're in the ICU, several people are going to die in the ICU that night that you're there, right? And so you can sort of skip over all the fluff and just go straight to the point, right? So there are scenarios that lend themselves more easily to it, but yes, we should get to the point where, by God's grace, we're able to be that direct in, in everyday conversation. All right. All right, so the two, ideas from, the two ideas from last week were observe and ask questions, get the conversation going. The two ideas from this week are keep the conversation going, and then move from conversation to conversion. or, um, you know, the thing that I mentioned last week that I think, I think it's a decent website, the idea that you have good conversations, you get in the habit of talking to people. then you turn them to God conversations. you talk about God. Then you turn them to gospel conversation. You'll be like, all right, so what are you going to do about this? We've had a good chat. You know about God. So now what? Right? And it doesn't always happen quite that neatly, but that's, I think, what we're trying to work towards. So what's that? Uh, It's good God gospel. If you Google that, it should have come up. I think it's like .info or .site or something weird. Um, The other thing, uh, not the other thing. Next week, we're going to look at some resources. Because I want you all to be aware that there are hundreds of ways to start those conversations with people. And once the conversations are going to keep them going, whether it be here's a Bible study, here's a tract, here's a Bible study, here's a book for you to read about the subject of evangelism so you can think about being encouraged, what God has done for you, think about ways to connect with people. my plan is, both because of the issues we had downstairs with moisture and so that they're more accessible, is I've got a lot of books on evangelism and other topics. I'm, going, I'm moving them to the corner of the fellowship hall. And the goal would be that if you guys see one that you feel like would be helpful, that you can just take it and read it. I'd prefer that you bring it back, but if it doesn't come back, as long as it gets out in ministry, it's better than it molding away in the basement. So... So we're going to work through some of those things. And here's some resources. Here's some tracts. Like I've got samples of a whole bunch of different tracts. Like that, there would be resources there. We will have Bibles that have been kind of stored down in my office. So if you're like, I need to give a Bible to somebody. I want to have a Bible that in my car to give to somebody. Uh, we have extra Bibles that you can, you know, we can. Let's have a conversation about it before you take all of them. Because... Be nice to spread them around and, and those sorts of things. But just try to work it towards some of those things is what I'd like to do. Just so we got resources available for you to use and to be encouraged by and all those sorts of things. So we'll go through some of that stuff next week. All right. Anything else as we wrap up? Is this, is this helpful, having these conversations? Yes. So my plan is to do this, we've done it two weeks. My plan is to do it for three more weeks and see where we're at. We might take a break for a while and come back to it, you know, after Christmas or something. Because I don't want to belabor the point excessively. I feel like this is enough for us to go with, practice for a while, have conversations about how it did or didn't go well, and then, uh, and then come back around. Because we can always, you know, come back to some of these things again. Um, I've got some things on Sunday mornings I want to get through. I want to go through John 4. I want to go through Acts 14 and 17. Probably one more passage, and then we'll kind of see maybe five weeks is good, and we'll go from there. So... That's the plan. Okay. Uh, we talked through all of these things. Let's look at the prayer sheet real quick. Any updates that you guys have for me on the prayer sheet? Bruce, how did your meeting go last week with uh, John? Did you see him?
2: Well, the
0: Give me the really short version. Okay.
2: had yeah, the picture's taken to show me what it looked like. He says, yes, it's progressive to this point where it's bad. The tooth, one tooth, has got to be taken out. Okay, surgically. okay. So in the process, all this conversation, all this paperwork, all this got to be shuffled down to my primary dentist. We're talking sometime in October. I won't know what surgery I'm going to be going to Okay. So this is an ongoing process.
0: Okay, all right, we'll be praying I'm for that too. Over.
2: Way things are
0: going yes. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jonathan, has Sandra talked to you more about Becky? I think Becky was her name. She mentioned her last week that she has stage four cancer. Friend from high school yeah. mentioned her. Okay, that's fine. I just was checking. Um, I think I left this in from last time. Is Tina still struggling a lot with pain? Okay, and they had referred her to another doctor. He hasn't really been able to see her yet or help her? Well,
2: they're trying to refer to the doctor. She knows that all the doctors are her history. And so she's not got the active part of it. Don't worry about the doctor. She's getting to her therapy
0: classes. Sure. Like okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um I haven't asked you for a little while on Steven. How's he getting along at the moment?
2: We're not sure. We're
0: kind of showing us right now. Okay. All right. Um, Quick update from us. Those of you that were praying for Maggie's medicine situation, it seemed like everything finally lined up this week, and I was able to place an order. I'm a little wary because I haven't seen any confirmation that they received it, processed it, shipped It could just be because I haven't logged into the website, the CVS website, to check it. So I'm hoping that it comes tomorrow because that's when it's supposed to come. Um, but it sounded like the doctor's office called, says we sent the paperwork, got approved, the pharmacy actually let me place the order, nobody said anything was wrong, so I'm hopeful it'll actually come through, which is good, because it's been two months I've been working on this. Um, we're gonna have to go through. Otherwise, you rejection it to Medicaid switched her insurance, and then the pharmacy we're using ran out of the medicine. So those two factors have compounded the problem. So now Medicaid has her on regular Medicaid, and um, the pharmacy, CVS, has it in stock. The one that we're using in Indiana didn't anymore. And it seems like CVS has the paperwork that they need, and the doctor's office has sent the paperwork that it's needed, and Medicaid has approved everything. The problem is, Medicaid told me, We don't, yeah, we switched her at the end of June. Nobody knows why they switched her. Uh, and we're going to switch her back at the beginning of October, which means I have to go all this again probably in October so I'm praying that maybe like it'll line up with the stuff that's already on file but we'll see Um, but uh, yeah so thankful that that finally seems to be working out because if we can get a shipment I can make it last two months if I have to while we're working out the rest of it right but I was just on the last the last one so we were giving it to her like twice a week when it's supposed to be six times a week so it's not a life and death thing but it's not an ideal situation. Um, Robert got the job. Um, that's what he said, right? Ben? Uh, okay. Is he working tonight? No. What? Okay. Uh, oh, he's sick. Okay. i pray for him to feel better. Okay. Um, and then Mike and Louise aren't here, but I was talking with Mike on Monday, and apparently there is some stuff with, like, wiring and all that kind of thing they're trying to sort out what this house they're supposed to be moving into and so if you would just pray for them because there's a lot of things still going on with the kids um, Clayton and Kaylee and Charlie yes okay so just pray for that whole situation um, and your dad's sick right Corey Evan? Evan's like I don't talk to my dad whatever Yeah. No, I got you. So we want to pray for him to feel better. Uh, I got a... Alberta sent me an update, and I need to... um, I, I failed to put the correct update in here. Her granddaughter, they had to up her dose because... Give me a second. Okay, where is it? Why is it not? Ah, here we go. There it is. Okay. Um, she had another seizure, and so they increased her medicine by about 50%. She's going to see the doctor again on October 9th. So, uh, I need to send that update out. Um, Karen, it sounded like it was making progress on getting the money from her car, but it's been a very slow process. So, pray that that will go smoothly. Um. Your shoulder's still not doing great, Cory. Okay. All right. And the recovery from the other—did they give you a time frame, like? Um, And then uh, Mike and Kathy were asking prayer for Cassidy. She has some kind of a thing with her eyes that they did surgery on when she was really little. And I think something about how it was attached and time frames and all that, it kind of sounds like there's a scenario in which she goes blind for a period of time and then they're actually able to do the surgery. And so that is obviously, she's been living on her own, all those sorts of things, but that'd be really hard. It does sound like something they think they can fix. I don't understand all the ins and outs of why, but uh, it could be a period of time that she's not able to see and kind of very dependent on everybody. So let's be in prayer for her. And... Early 20s? Mid-20s? How old are you, Evan? So mid-20s. Evan's like, I'm not 25, I'm 26. Some of you guys don't remember 26. Feels like a little while for me, too. All right. Yes, Rob, sorry, go ahead. Sure. it is always some case request for uh solving issues you can purchase for an inventory. Okay. Yeah. Ready for that? All right, anything else? All right. Um here's what I would like us to do with regard to the prayer items my goal was that we would have more prayer time and i'm still working on pacing all of these things so i missed that goal a little bit my goal is that we would have more prayer time in future weeks but for right now um, let's have a few different folks lead us in prayer Um, specifically um, i know that we want to pray for all these things that we just talked about but specifically I would like us to try to focus our prayers on evangelism, these ideas of God giving us grace to keep conversations going with our neighbors and people we encounter on a daily basis, and then also wisdom on just how to sort of bridge the gap from everyday conversations to the gospel. So uh, if different people would pray on those two points specifically, for about the next 10 minutes we'll wrap up uh, with our final songs.